Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. Bill McHugh is a Masters in Social Innovation graduate who spent many years working in the UK's criminal justice system and who developed an interest in anti-social innovation. Well, how does the world deal with anti-social innovators? These very bright people who are often castigated for things like shoplifting. And I actually um, sought out a group of um, shoplifters and wanted to know more about what they did, but not just from a criminological perspective. It was about, is what they do, does it produce social benefit at all? From a probation officer who supervised offenders in the community and those who were released on licence from prison or who were on parole, Bill moved into management, which eventually led him to a secondment in the Ministry of Justice. I asked him what it was about this experience in this governmental department that led him to study social innovation. That made me question a lot of the policy decisions that were being made, but also some of the activities and things that I had been part of delivering to offender groups in particular and others who were affected by crime. And what occurred to me was that we were doing the same thing time and time again, over and over again. And I can remember someone said to me a long time ago, you will say one day that you have been here before. And I suppose the reason I was interested in social innovation was that it began to challenge my perceptions about doing the same thing time and time again. Whilst on one hand we were achieving things, we weren't really making a difference as far as I could see to the lives of offenders and victims. And part of my interest in social innovation, and in particular the Cambridge um, course, was that it was going to allow me to question the validity of my previous career path and also my experiences and input um, into that. So, you know, how was I going to do things differently, think differently as well? So that was one of the big things, you know, could I actually at my age and uh, at the level of my experience challenge myself and think differently about things? What I'd like to know is what does social innovation mean to you before actually starting the programme? To be honest, social innovation just seems like a world away from my experiences um, in my career and in my life. From what I saw, it was people going abroad in a paternalistic manner, doing things to uh, poor people in third world countries. I call them guilt trippers who, you know, kind of took their gap year out, did a bit of social innovation and then came back and felt better about it. Whether they made any real difference was debatable. And the other aspects of social innovation was, for me, big companies ticking a box about their social responsibility agenda. And it seemed to have no relevance, really, in relation to my experience of being a probation officer, a senior officer and um, a policymaker, or no immediate relevance in terms of my world. But I must admit, you know, I was mistaken. When you found out you were mistaken, how did that change not just your perception of social innovation, but also your place within it? 
it wasn't an epiphany um you know so there was no great moment or turning point where i felt oh my god you know what's my career been all about i think it's a gradual realization that you get not just when you're studying it's when you're talking to other people about what they have done in their careers so you know i could i could be speaking to somebody who worked in a very large bank or somebody who was working in the nhs or somebody who was working in education and find actually remarkable similarities between the challenges that i thought were unique to me but actually were pretty common to everybody else is what i'm doing valuable does what I do make a difference? And actually, could I do things differently or think differently about things? So that was the, the common theme. And gradually realised that there was a rich theme of thinking, of research that could be done and relating social innovation to the work that I had been doing. But very particular to me, again, it was about looking at, so what about anti-social innovation? Of course, social innovation, you know, prides itself on making a positive difference to the world. My challenge was, what about these people who don't ostensibly make a positive difference to the wider community, who live very narrow focused lives, criminal lives usually, and they have found some meaning in their own lives which makes a difference to them, which gives them validity. So it's not just about shoplifting for profit or financial gain. It's what do they get out of it? And what I found was that people, whatever they do, seek to gain fulfilment, whether it's working for Deutsche Bank, working for the NHS, or in actual fact, you know, can carry out things which we consider to be antisocial. I mean, obviously, your background in criminal justice and your experiences influenced where you went within the, the, the Masters for Social Innovation. Yeah. But what was it? Was it really that love of bucking the trend, as it were, and actually going, hang on a second, let me look at this from a negative perspective that pushed you further down the road in terms of your research? Yeah, so I suppose my interest in the MST was about my own sense of fulfilment. So whatever I was going to do, it was about satisfying something in my own mind about me being able to achieve things and make a difference. So the idea of actually coming up to Cambridge to uh, do an MST was a big deal for me having most of my life doubted myself about um, what I could do, even though, you know, I'd made strides in my career and, you know, to a certain extent in other academic circles. But I'd always kind of thought that was for other people to do. Um, so well-off people, posh people um, who were going to be on, on this course. I suppose I have taken the view that I wanted to kind of be as much of a challenge to the course and I wanted to pick a subject which would not just challenge me but challenge other people on the course to think actually that's a very peculiar angle you're taking there Bill by suggesting that somehow there is social benefit that's derived for a group of shoplifters and it really did intrigue a lot of people and I think you know subsequently has still attracted a lot of interest from people within within the group 
And if anyone was to say to me, I'm not sure about going on a social innovation course, particularly at Cambridge, I would actually say, look, they welcome the difference. They will welcome the novel and they'll welcome the challenging as well. Did you come from a background that would encourage this kind of higher education? <laughs> no, I came, come from a background where I was the first person who had gone to university and, and my whole family. It was never expected. And certainly, you know, coming from a traveller background as well, that you didn't really see um, education as something more than you had to tolerate and it was only, I think, the fact that I encountered um, two people in my life who sparked off an interest in being different and doing things differently, i.e. through education, that I came to education, uh, but still had that nagging doubt in the back of my head that places like Cambridge and the Judge Business School were places for other people rather than me. So when you arrived in Cambridge, that first day, you know, you've been accepted, you're coming, yeah. done all your pre-reading, you've done your first yep. assignment, and then you're coming for the first residential. What did that feel like for somebody who has spent a vast majority of their life being told this isn't really the place for you? I wanted my prejudices to be confirmed, first of all, and was looking for things to pick at. Anywhere you're going to pick at certain things, but can I just say that very quickly I realised that the people who were there for whatever reason they were there they were there to form a group and to be supportive of each other and I actually found that people you know from very different backgrounds from me their experiences their life experiences doesn't matter how different they were really chimed in some way with mine and they took an interest in me and I took an interest in them so my initial barriers want to come in and, you know, start picking away at what these posh people were doing quickly abated. And actually, when I got my very first assignment result back, I couldn't believe it that I think I'd achieved kind of one of the high marks in the cohort. And I was thinking, oh, they're just being kind to me. Oh, they're just being nice. Well, I quickly realised that people like Neil and uh, others aren't here just to stroke our egos or kind of make us feel better. And in actual fact, the comment I got back was, well, you've started off really high. You're going to continue high, aren't you? So you've got a level to uh, maintain. And I was really delighted with that affirmation that, you know, what I had produced was of quality and interest. But again, the challenge was there. So I wasn't going to rest on my laurels with that. One of the words that you've used a great deal so far in this interview is challenge. You like to yeah. challenge yourself. You like to challenge perceptions. You like to challenge management, probably. But what was it about this program that really was a challenge yeah. that you had to overcome? So it's not an easy course. It's not for the faint hearted. You have to work hard on this course to achieve and believe me, the people who run this course, who mark your assignments, know what they're talking about, know what they are doing. And you have to keep up a standard. And what I really like about it is the level of integrity that's there and the high standards that are required. And I feel that now I've come through the other end, I've achieved something really significant and something worthwhile.
They don't give them away to in Cambridge, particularly on the MST social innovation. I feel that what I have got, you know, the piece of paper I've got actually reflects a lot of hard work on my part, but meeting a very high standard, which is required of anyone who starts on the course. So can you expand on what it was that you researched and what you found from that topic? So I was looking around for things to research within a social innovation context. And I realised that many of the people who I had worked with in terms of supervising them were very talented individuals who probably under different circumstances and probably would have been teaching at Cambridge, but they had chosen or been pushed into a different path and started to toy with the idea of, well, how does the world deal with antisocial innovators? These very bright people who are often castigated for things like shoplifting. And I actually um, sought out a group of um, shoplifters, lifters to call themselves, and wanted to know more about what they did, but not just from a criminological perspective or just purient curiosity. It was about, is what they do, does it produce social benefit at all, if anything? Um, I juxtaposed that with white-collar crime, where we seem to applaud people who avoid paying their taxes where people who um, bring banks down, you know, can be rehabilitated and brought back into Big Brother House and uh, they'll write their book and make their millions. I'm dealing with people at the very bottom whose behaviour actually in terms of real impact on the economy is very low, but nevertheless, they really are seen as the scourge of local communities. So in a way, that was kind of dealing with a stigmatised group And what I realised very quickly, there's a thing called stigma transfer, where you yourself become part of the stigmatised, where your friends and your family are saying, well, can't you really be researching something a bit more worthwhile? You know, kind of, why do you want to bring attention to people like that? And you're almost making excuses for that. But the whole point of the dissertation in the context of it challenging our perception of what social innovation is, which is, you know, good people going off and doing good things for and to other people, was me being able to open up a different discourse, a different way of thinking, which was going to challenge me to, with rigour, describe the research that I was doing and to underpin my thoughts and what I had discovered through my data as something worthwhile to be considered in the social innovation community, because I believe that what I had introduced was something that was countercultural, counterintuitive, and would stir things up a bit. And it did actually, but in a real interesting way that very quickly the cohort and the department actually became really interested in what um, I was trying to say. Where did it lead you to? I think it led me to two things. One, that we come into things, you know, such as, you know, doing a course to change the world, when in actual fact, we often change our view of the world. 
And it changed my view of my whole career, actually, in terms of saying, had I been doing the right thing? Because as I was doing the research, I was challenged by respondents in that who were asking very fundamental questions and challenging me about my whole career. So it was a dialogue, really, where they awakened in me a sense of questioning. Um, But in actual fact, I think it's had wider repercussions for me in that essentially it told a story that my respondents wanted to be told. Because remember, these are the marginalised, these are quite often the despised people who don't really get the opportunity to tell their story or have it told for them. And I had to be very careful in how I told their story because there is a danger, of course, that I take their story and I make it my own story and I miss the points they wanted to put across about their lives. And very often, you know, I would be told, you know, well, I want you to tell them. And they were very much aware that I was going to be an interlocutor, you know, kind of a, um, a translator of their story and why they did what they did, albeit, you know, kind of from an academic and, I suppose, theoretically bound perspective. You researched and you wrote a dissertation that challenged all expectations and that challenges even the concept of social innovation yeah. itself. But how were you challenged by this and how were you challenged by what you found out? Actually, it didn't... It wasn't the challenge. It was then, what do you do now? What do I do now? And that is the question. So so what question? Where am I going to go with this? And that's why I applied um, after I'd uh, completed the course to go on PH on a PhD. I realised that the department doesn't actually have a PhD to offer. So I'm now in my first year of PhD at the Department of Education, uh, the Faculty of Education, I should say. And it links not directly to the MST, but actually still involves those who've broken the law um, and how we educate or how we produce learning situations for them. So it ties directly with that. But the fact that I had done the MST... And with that um, challenge and that rigour that surrounded it made me feel more confident. And I had no doubts at all that I could now go on and do um, a PhD. And I really believe that what the MST did for me was to confirm that I had ability, that I had something interesting to say that would contribute to the world of knowledge and felt that I could go on and do a doctorate. Was that ever part of your life plan? Nope, not at all. And I'm thankful that the experience that I had doing the MST helped me realise that if there's any doubt, there's only doubt in your own mind. And that if there's any imposter syndrome, that's all it is, a syndrome, and that you should cast that aside. If you're good enough to do something and it's recognised by a place like the Judge Business School, then, you know, you should step forward with confidence. And it really gave me that confidence to feel that I could go on and do even bigger things. What do your family think about this? I think they're slightly bemused still. And they, you know, still look at me, but think it's absolutely fantastic. And 
in a way, you know, kind of are puzzled. Why would people be interested in things like that? Surely they'd be interested in much better things, which I think actually is indicative of a working class background that somehow we think that what we have isn't really interesting or exciting for people. And that really um, it would have to be something a bit more worthy in terms of you know Cambridge being interested in it. So where now will your PhD, do you hope, take you? Career-wise, it's not likely to take me anywhere else, but it will contribute towards ongoing debates around how we work with criminals and um, those who've offended in our communities. But underlying it all for me is that unless it makes a difference to you, a difference to how other people understand the world or a world that they're not familiar with and that what I want to do is to impact on particular aspects of uh, social policy. Finally Bill, as one of the older students on the programme and now you know an older person going in to do a PhD, what would you say to somebody who perhaps is at the latter end of their career thinking I, I want another challenge, I want to do something, maybe social innovation is the, the route for me. What would you say to them? Yeah, go for it. You know, um, I thought originally that it was all just the bright young things, you know, that would be wanting to go off and do wonderful things in different worlds from mine. It's completely untrue. And that for me, the world of social innovation, albeit new to me, actually opened up completely different set of challenges go for it it really will expand your knowledge expand your mind but also allow you to reframe i think and rethink what you've done in your career and it's not an end you know it's, it's a new chapter it's a new beginning and i think the social innovation perspective for me just really made me think differently and more creatively that was Bill McHugh, Masters in Social Innovation alumnus and doctoral student at the Faculty of Education, University of Cambridge. You can find out more about the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube. <laughs>